Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Warrior Bull. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. Joining me as always, it's Thursday. I got my guy, Auburn Memes, my girl, Busy Brandy Mack, and a special treat for you guys. Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored Podcast is here to share all his opinions on why Auburn will fail at everything for the next 30 years. Guys, how are we doing? It's Thursday. There's no football, but we got basketball going on, and we're going to talk some basketball today. You guys doing all right? You said we? We have basketball? Yeah, like we have basketball. Mm. We as a people. I feel like I have basketball. I'm not sure if you guys have oh, the yeah, here we go. basketball. We haven't even started, and he's already into it. February 11th, can't get here fast enough. Um, uh, Today, we're talking about um, whether there's a changing of the guard at the top of the traditional power rankings in the SEC. Alabama has emerged as a powerhouse in college basketball this year. Nate Oates has put together a squad probably worthy of the number one ranking. I say that with much pain, but it's true. Um, And some are not as good as we expected. Uh, the Elite 18 from last year is probably one of the biggest uh, disappointments in the SEC so far. Guys, let's let's jump right into this. You know, who, If we had to name a top four in the SEC right now, right now, okay, well, you know what? Let's back up for a second. Who do we think the traditional top four in the SEC has been over the last 20 years? You know, I'm going to start with you, Chris, as a guest. Tell us, man, who's who's the top four in the SEC over the last 20 years? If you had to say, we expect these guys to finish top four and make the tournament. I, so I would say, obviously, Kentucky. I would say Florida. Um, I would probably, I wouldn't have Auburn in there strictly because they've owned the last like five years, right? That's fair. Or five years. Um, but I, like as far as like dating back that far, um, I think LSU would probably be in there. And it's hard for me not to say Arkansas. I think what another one is too is Vandy. Vandy is a, a team that's been to the same mm-hmm. uh, well, I think this is a going into 2020. Vanderbilt had the same amount of sweet 16 appearances as Michigan did uh after after the year 2000. Is that a real um, stat? <laughs> that I'm I'll double check it because I haven't looked it up in a while, but I remember doing this strictly to piss off a Michigan fan uh, on Instagram. So, okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's very accurate. Now, I do know that Vandy has been sneaky good at basketball over the years, you know, um, where they have put together a solid squad. 
the rest of the SEC, I think, has you know caught up you know over the last five or six years, certainly. Right. But but that's uh, that's actually uh, a pretty good trivia question. Not a good uh, stat. No, it's only twice after two thousand. I'm an idiot. It's, still, um, but even but even if man, they they put together some solid squads over the years, right? So um, they did the tournament. I'm looking at it right now. They've been to the tournament eight times since 2004. Um, and you look at some of the some of the guys they put out to in the, in the league. Even um, that's like, more than know, Auburn. They, was that? I think it's more than Auburn. Well, I mean, they they've had like more like play, like I feel like guys that have been like shooting stars like on their team. They, maybe the team wasn't as great, but they've had guys that have been like you know led the SEC in scoring or like we're like conference play of the year and all that kind of stuff as well. I mean, like if you if you gave me Arkansas over them or LSU over them. I wouldn't really argue it. I think it's just like we just forget about Vandy all the time because it's Vandy. Right. Okay. So, uh, Brandy, Chris has Kentucky, Florida, LSU, and Vandy. Uh, What do you think about Chris's list and give us your top four? I'm going in, in this order, starting with number one, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Florida. Those would be kind of my top four, like in the history of SEC basketball kind of who's been at the top. Um, Arkansas has had a lot of really great postseason experience and success. Um, so has Tennessee to an extent. They've had a lot of regular season success more than anything else, though. Um, and then Kentucky, you know, even though this year may be a down year for them, usually and historically, they are the powerhouse of SEC basketball. Um, and then Florida has had some really great tournament success, too. So those would be the four that I'm going with. Oh, Florida! Florida's got back. Florida's got back-to-back championships. <laughs> yeah, they, they used to be elite back in the day. Right. Yeah, I think it was 0607 was their run at basketball. Right. And at one point, they were college football national champions, and they were um, college basketball national champions uh, in the same year. I believe it was 06. Means so. Uh, uh, you heard Brandy's list. Give us your top four. What do you think of the other two? Are they crazy? Uh, no, I don't think they're crazy at all. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that far, but I will say, I mean, if we're talking 20 years, I think with basketball, I think the relevancy, it, it's a l- little bit better to zoom in. Cause you know, football, you look at the history and the all times and this and that. And I think really basketball can change a lot quicker than football can. You have a lot more competition in basketball. You have a lot more schools that are relevant in basketball than football. So just kind of shifting the conversation because a lot of people, even now with with that especially saw a lot last season they kind of got the they got the football goggles on a little too thick comparatively to the basketball goggles but if we're looking at the championships it's ironic if you keep it at just in the last 20 years it's funny because technically florida has had more like postseason success than kentucky has mm-hmm. i mean i guess you can maybe say kentucky's been i guess what one more final four than Florida has. So if we take all that to be considered, we'll still, we'll give it Kentucky just because of the history there and more of their dominance spread, the consistent dominance is what they do in the regular season and so right. on. They get the but, benefit of the doubt every every year, even, yeah. Yeah. you know, no matter what it's, their squad looks like. It's finally starting to, I mean, I think that's, I think it's finally starting to kind of come down to earth a little bit. And I don't know how much that has to do with just, Kentucky and maybe Cal being a little bit of an overrated coach or the fact that the SEC as a whole is like starting to get more balanced out and better from the bottom. Because I mean, really it was like, you'd have one good or one or two good teams in the East. I mean, let's be honest, like no one in the West was really doing anything right. basketball. So you got to look there, uh, Kentucky and Florida. I mean, we're going to say really neck and neck, uh, you know, I'm gonna jump out on a limb, and you know, we we said we've said what Arkansas has done, and I mean, they definitely have done a very very consistent product in recent years. But uh, another one to not forget too has been uh, just from straight consistency has been Tennessee as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I agree with I I agree T- with that for and especially Tennessee because I mean they had the Bruce Pearl years where he got them. Uh, you know, into the tournament, you know, during his years pretty consistently. He built that program up. And then they followed it up with some coaches who were able to build on that success and keep that going. Um, so I, th- I think Tennessee is a good pick to maybe throw in here. If we're talking overall, you know, you expect them to be something every year. This is about expectations, guys, right? Yeah, when the be- season starts, what do you yeah, expect? 
because <clears throat> I mean, I'm looking a lot more at postseason what they've done in the SEC success. I mean, SEC success, you definitely have Tennessee in there because I'm kind of looking at LSU. I mean, Tennessee and on, you know, Bruce Pearl's a lot to think of this, but they had uh, since the year 2000. I'm going back 2000, so we'll say 23 years technically. One, two, three, four, five, six. You had six Sweet 16 appearances. You had one Elite Eight. 13 uh, total appearances, by the way. Mm. And then you had, um, you've had uh, the same, you've had one Elite Eight from LSU. Now, LSU did make it to a Final Four run in 2006. I think Tennessee uh, has had some years where they really could have made a pretty solid uh, Final Four run, and they would always seem to kind of choke right when it all counted. But that would be my four for that time period. Okay. All right. Listen, I'm not a much uh not much change from you guys obviously kentucky is at the top of the list just based on expectations right i like florida it's hard to ignore back-to-back championship chips and they're usually a tough out yeah you know usually a tough out for you know somebody uh you know i'm going with chris and putting lsu in there uh the program that produced shaquille o'neal uh, finds a way to, to field a serviceable team most years over the last two decades. And in the fourth team, we can debate the hell. Yeah. Right. Like as Chris mentioned, Vanderbilt, uh, you could maybe put Arkansas in that spot. And, you know, there are probably two or three other teams that you can say, hey, you know, maybe these guys have had enough success to put in that fourth spot. And what has widely been considered over, you know, the last few decades not to be a basketball conference. Right. So uh, I I think that uh, what's happened and we're going to jump into it with the SEC has been interesting because there is an overwhelming feeling that the conference has caught up a little to some of the traditional powerhouse conferences when it comes to basketball. Now, that's about teams that have been kind of middling to not good suddenly becoming good. So in today, it is 2023, guys. Year of our Lord, 2023. Right. And we need a new list. Who's at the top of the list today? History be damned, right? If you had to pick a top four in the SEC right now to say, here's who is trending the right direction. This is not about instant success, guys, right? This is about which teams now, if you had to pick a top four, are, you know, let's say last five years, are doing the best. What does that for look like? I'm going right back to memes. Spotlight's on you, buddy. Who's your right now, last five years, top four? Yeah, that's our, uh, there's a lot of irony there because there's so many different ways that you can judge that question. I mean, you can just answer the damn question. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to answer the question, but I, I think there's some, there's some interesting insight on this. I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking at pure wins, okay, you got You got to look at Auburn. I mean, because that is something that they lead in. If you look at Postseason success, you definitely got to put Arkansas up there because okay. of what they have done. And if you are factoring in, I guess you could say, just balance and where they've consistently been in the SEC, just as mm-hmm. far as just like record, maybe not a whole lot to show for it aggregately. You got to put Tennessee up there. And then honestly, well, you know, it was before, before pre-Will Wade, you know, you could really – lean to uh you could really lean to LSU but i mean you'd still pro- i mean it's i think it's a very very slim four spot here okay but i mean you got to you got to kind of hold tight to Kentucky on that just cuz of their i think they're losing it but they're right up there if you're looking at the top 4 just consistently strong programs in the zoom in recent history for sure okay so of the teams that you named right um there is at least Oh, and we're talking strictly over the last five years. There's one Final Four uh, that Auburn made in 2019, and uh, the other three, uh, Kentucky, uh, LSU, and Arkansas, have all at least made the tournament or won the conference at some point. Well, I don't know. Arkansas didn't win the conference. They got to an Elite Eight, though, last but year. It, back yeah. Back. In 2017, I mean, South Carolina made a Final Four out of nowhere, and they haven't done anything before, and they don't do anything sure. since. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, true. like a, a broken clock is right twice a day. I mean, a blind squirrel can find a nut. There are weird scenarios like that can happen. But I mean, for this specific conversation, I think it is definitely noteworthy to bring up the consistency, not just flashes in the pan. I mean, Correct. this is, and, and that's and that's the difference between football and basketball. Is I think 
football is you can really run with those flashes a little bit more. I mean, with with basketball, it's just a lot of a lot of teams can flash and they can fizzle out just as quickly. So to be consistent there is that there's a pretty big testament to that, I'd say. Okay, so Chris, he left he left Alabama out of his yeah, top four. Right, yeah. And I want to hear your top four next because I mean he left Alabama out of that. Do you you know, and, and again, the fourth spot again in this in this discussion, I think we could debate till the cows come home. You know, give us your top four and, and maybe counter a little bit what he's saying here with his top four. Yeah, so I mean I would say for one Real quick, because I, f- I feel like we glossed over this um, earlier, but Mizzou is a team that is is a really, really tradition-rich basketball school and has been for a long time. They got like 11 NCAA, or NCAA tournament appearances uh, in the last 20-something years. But what's interesting about them is they haven't really had that kind of success since they've gotten to the SEC. But it is a very, very good um, program in terms of like historical significance. Um, so I don't want to leave that out. So you said you said this like it's the year of our Lord. What right now? It's twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three, baby. Alabama's boat racing everyone that's in front of them right now. They okay. have arguably the best player in the country. I mean, like the, he is the best freshman, arguably the best player in the country. They do so many things well. Not just shoot the three. They 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 defend the rim really well. They are able to like they rebound the shit out of the ball. Uh, they play defense, uh, which is something I think a lot of Bama fans were kind of missing, like especially last year. If, if you're talking about the last five years, I would put Auburn first, just okay. from a consistency standpoint, to be honest. And then I would go Arkansas because Arkansas has made two straight Elite Eight appearances, uh, which is very difficult to do in general, let alone back to back years. After that, like Kentucky is just such a it's Kentucky's like Texas. But for basketball, it's like we're just we're just pretending that like like Brandy said it like you know off air It's like well yeah I'd still probably put Kentucky in there just because you know they have a good team they get the most talent they'll probably make a run at some point it's like we there's nobody that gets like more built in excuses uh, you know than than Kentucky and, and Coach Cal and I I just I don't get it because there's so many things that they don't do at an elite level like anymore like you know at like. I feel like for the past like several years, um, and let's not forget they got bounced by a fucking kid with a with a like a prepubescent mustache last year <laughs> in the first round of the, the play or the uh, the tournament. Um, uh, I don't see how you keep Bama out of this list. Like from the like, I mean, let's not forget two years ago they won the whole tournament or they won the the whole league regular season and the conference tournament. Okay, uh, made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Obviously, lost to a, a pretty good UCLA team. In terms of people they put in the league the last couple of years as well, I mean, you got lottery picks with Colin Sexton. Okay. Herb Jones has been a, just like a force down there in New Orleans. I don't see how Bama doesn't make the list. I will also say I don't feel like Auburn fans are handling this this <laughs> well that that they might not be the best basketball school in the state anymore. Okay. Just this season. And, and that, this, listen, it's a long season. They still got to go play at Auburn, which is not easy for any team to do, especially Alabama. Yeah. But I don't see sure. how you keep Alabama out of that out of that top four. I got to tell you, man, um, I took my mom to her first Auburn basketball game not too long ago. Um, the woman who birthed me and, and raised me and taught me how to be a decent human being had one request, and it was go to Auburn basketball game. And I kind of wish it was um, – Auburn, Alabama on February 11th, because that's going to be a monster ticket right now. That is shaping up to be probably one of the most anticipated games we've seen in SEC basketball in quite some time. If both teams keep trending the way they are. So um, I'm going to, before I give mine, I'm going to let Brandy jump in here on this conversation. Um, Chris, again, like uh, remind me of your top four before Brandy goes. I would say Auburn first. Then okay. I would say um, Arkansas, and I'd mm. say probably Tennessee and Bama. Just Tennessee just falls off whenever it matters most. Yeah, but they're always in the conversation. Sure, to yeah. fall off when it matters right. most. Right. Yeah, so is uh, Notre Dame in football. I mean, true story. Now, uh, are they the Notre Dame of football? On the next episode of Mike Mac and Memes yeah. and Marler, um, <laughs> your name starts with an. You have a name that starts with an M, which is the only reason we invite you, um, Brandy. <laughs> 
jump in here and you you got a different perspective here? Yeah. So uh, last five years, but I'm omitting the Mickey Mouse COVID year for obvious obvious reasons. Um, I just want to start off with that. Um, Also, I, whenever I'm talking about my like top four, uh, things that are important to me are consistent postseason success, regular season SEC success. I honestly really don't care that much about the SEC tournament. Like it's great. For momentum going into March, but at the end of the day, I don't think it matters that much. It's meaningless. Um, yeah, Brandy's whipping, up, Brandy's, Brandy's whipping up the spreadsheet. Mike's like, all right, pull out your thoughts in your pocket. Real quick, I, I, mean, I want to let you finish, but I, I do think it's a really good point to say that the conference tournament doesn't matter. It sure. doesn't matter. Yeah, like, I, I think winning that immediately, just a strong start right out of the gate to just diminish any of the points I made in favor. I mean, of Auburn, Auburn won I mean, it in Auburn, 2019. Auburn won. I was at the conference. I was at the conference tournament that Auburn won in person when we did win it a few years ago. So I mean, um, the cool thing, so the cool thing about s- that is at least you won the conference tournament and had like a good tournament run after that. Not every team can say that. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I think that Texas A&M proved that after they had a great end to their season, went deep into the conference tournament and it didn't make the NCAA tournament. I thought they yeah. got robbed. Right. So I would I would agree. I would echo. Yeah, it just it just it seems like the the t- selection committee has deemed that it doesn't matter. Right. So that's right? W- that's one of the things going into kind of how I'm looking at things, too. Another thing when just considering the top programs in the last five years, like what do their fan bases look like in support of their programs, too? What is so? Oh, OK, explain I'm, this. No, no. Explain this. How I do mean, fan bases I mean if, you, if you have a good team, but you're playing in front of, you know, a not full sta- like court, you know, arena. Like, I mean, no pressure. You, no pressure. That's a very catered uh, argument you're making here, Brandy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, how can you say that you've built a good basketball program in the last five years if your fans don't care about it? That's kind of what I'm getting at with that last point. It's not. It um, doesn't mean as much, obviously, as the other points. So, okay. all that to say, I think number one for me would have to be Arkansas, simply because of the two oh. elite eight back to back appearances. And kind of just where Eric Musselman has that program headed. I think from a recruiting perspective, he's done really well. Mm -hmm. This season, they've kind of fallen off. But it's important to remember their literal best player has been out a majority of the season. Nick Smith Jr. and their second best player, Brazil, has also been out. If they were healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if they were right there with Alabama at the top of the SEC. They, They have the talent. So... I think they and they were plagued by injury last year too. They were not healthy at the beginning of last season either. So I think if we've seen a healthy Arkansas the last two years, that they would be pretty scary. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them because even though they weren't healthy during the full regular season last year, they still made it to an Elite Eight, um, just like they did the year before. Um, right. And they knocked off, you know, our favorite Mickey Mouse program, Gonzaga, out of the tournament last year. So. So that was great, too. So I'm going with them at the top. Um, I think the recruiting there is just it's hard to beat Eric Musselman out with recruits with any team in the SEC right now. Two, I'm going to go with Auburn. I mean, you kind of have to. They won the regular season SEC last year. They've been to a Final Four in the last five years and have the most SEC wins. So and have an SEC conference tournament, even though I said that doesn't matter that much. So, you know, I think Auburn would be number two. Number three and four, I think, is actually probably pretty debatable between Tennessee, Kentucky, and Alabama. I think any three of those teams could be in slots three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky's definitely headed more, you know, they're trending down not only this season, but last year in the tournament as well. Um, Tennessee always has a really great right season, but they fizzle out in the tournament for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I don't trust Rick Barnes' team whenever I'm building my bracket ever. Um so, yeah, I think those would be my top. I really don't know three and four. I would probably put Tennessee at three and then four. I, it would go back and forth between Kentucky and Alabama. Yeah, you got to fucking pick one, though. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I mean, like I said, since I, since I said uh, 2020 was a Mickey Mouse year, I have to go with Kentucky. <laughs> Brandy, Brandy's like on deal or no deal, but like won't hit the button. <laughs> yeah, She's right, like, well, yeah. well what are you, just, I'm not going to hit it yet, but I'm not going to accept the offer. We're just going to talk for a little bit. <laughs> hit the button. Uh, well, wow. point I do want to add to that. I was checking the schedule since 2017 to present day for Kentucky and Arkansas. They have only had one year where they've had 20 or, or less than 20 uh, wins. Mm-hmm. The inverse of that, Alabama, since 2017, has only had one season where they've had over 20 wins. I see. 
So that fits my Kentucky at four narrative. There we go. Do you guys feel like it's a little bit odd? Like, so like we, we started this, this conversation. The first thing I said was I was probably have Auburn number one from a consistency standpoint. Right. And Mm -hmm. you, did you guys realize that like, not you, not you, Mike, I haven't given mine yet. <laughs> the actual way you went about like coming up with like like your like thesis and like your criteria was directly like of how it affected Alabama first before anyone else. I'm just saying, like February 11th can't come soon enough. That's what I'm just I'm, I'm just you gonna leave it at that. that. Think, That's think, all I'll think, leave it at. It would be it'd be awesome. I think it'd be great. I, I, you know, like the regular season doesn't matter. Neither does the postseason, but. Um, I would say that, like, I feel like that's probably well, nothing, not nothing matters make if we're just catering. <laughs> like, we're talking about we're talking about attendance. Well, same I same criteria. Programs like like you can't say you have a successful basketball program if your fans aren't showing up for that team. I'm not saying fans aren't showing up for Alabama, but it, I think it's very clear. Like Arkansas was at number one for me because obviously their postseason success and everything on the court. But it's undeniable the direction that that program is headed. And that has a lot to do with their head coach and recruiting, but also a lot to do with the fan base that's pouring into the program, too. I think Auburn can probably say something similar as well with kind of renaming our arena and what's happening at Auburn, too. So I think there's something to be said for those programs who aren't, you know, who weren't necessarily included in kind of like our 20 year um, programs. Uh, I think that's important because what have we always known Kentucky for like a massive home crowd and environment and a fan base that shows up and shows out and pours money and pours time and effort into their program. So I think it does like when you're looking at a program as a whole, I think it does matter when you take away kind of the on-court stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, I gonna, like from like going, moving forward, like looking at it like right now from like recruiting and, and the way those, those programs are headed right now, who do you think has like the, the brightest future in the next two, three, including this year, including the year we are currently in, who has the brightest future of, of 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 those teams you just listed in your top four? I think it depends on who Texas hires as their head coach. And do you think he's is that because you think they're going to hire Nate Oates? I think he's <laughs> going that. to. I think they're going to hire either Nate Oates or if they can afford, which they've kind of come out and said that they'll pay whatever they want to pay for whoever they want. They could possibly hire Eric Musselman away too. I I really think that they will go after one of. Either Nate Oates well, or Eric Musselman, pretty rumors hard. about Cal too. Well, yeah. there's rumors about Cal. Also, I think Michigan might have a head coaching position open up in the near future, and there may be a couple other big basketball programs that have head coaches at the end of this season that open up. So I think it depends on that because I don't think we're going to see all the same head coaches literally next season. I think one person mm-hmm. at minimum will be out. So I think it just depends on that. Huh. Uh, that's an interesting perspective. Um, uh, you guys, I'm gonna inter- I'm gonna interject on you goon buckets and give my top four here before we get too far <laughs> off the topic. Um, uh, all interesting points. I think that um, the idea of the symptoms of a good program that Brandy are talking about, fan support and money being poured into the program, you know, maybe indications of where a program is trending because obviously you don't show up and you don't pour millions of dollars into a program you're not sure is going the right direction. You know, and what have we seen over the last you know couple of years? Auburn gave Bruce Pearl a lifetime contract, so they obviously feel good about where he's going. I think that Nate Oates is starting to, is is entering that conversation about like, hey, pay me or I'm going to the Lone Star State where everything is bigger, right? That's gonna be it's hard. It's hard to argue with him having Alabama in the conversation. Now, I will say this. I do think that Alabama basketball, I think people there clearly care more, and for good reason, care more about football than they do about basketball. But, I, I, you know, Nick Saban has built such a luster around the name Alabama. I think some of that expectation spilled over to basketball just a little bit. Like, they get the benefit of the doubt because you say Alabama and you instantly think success, right? And this is not just, you know... um, uh, football, but you know, Alabama has, has had a, a pretty good gymnastics team over the years, and just Alabama sports in general has an aura right, about it. Around the country in soccer this year, yeah, that yeah, that has started with football, but like there, there is a Softball. strong sports culture there on that campus, as much as it pains me to say. Um, so you know, in my top four, I think you, I do think you start, um, I'm stuck between Kentucky and Auburn. 
Uh, and when and when I'm and, and hear me out, I'm not talking about just what they've accomplished. I'm talking about when we enter a season, which team do you expect to be in the conversation for probably pick to finish first? And it's hard to ignore Kentucky because that expectation has stuck with them. And I think that Auburn has been consistently underrated in that no matter what they've accomplished. Right. A lot of people questioned whether the final four run was a flash in the pan or whether it was real. I think that they've proven that it's not a flash in the pan. But are they getting the respect? I'm not I'm still not sure they're getting the respect, guys. You know, if they're top 25, but ranked near the bottom of the top 25, you know, I'm I'm not sure they're getting the benefit of the doubt that they should be getting. Um, so I'm 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 actually gonna go with Kentucky. No, I can't do that. You can't ignore the Final Four, Auburn, right? And then I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm going to go with Kentucky, um, Arkansas. Definitely, it makes the list. Back to back Elite Eights, certainly. Um, I'm a little questionable about what's happening this year. Now, Brandy made the point about their top two players being out, and I think that's a valid point. You know, I don't think there's any sport other than tennis that a single player means more to the success of that thing than basketball. One good player can completely change the outlook of your team, right? Uh, uh, I mean, and when you look at um, transcendent players, like LeBron over the last 20 years being on your squad meant your team is in contention for a championship, (laughs) right? He could turn the worst team into the league into a championship team. So, like, if your best player is out in basketball, I think it matters. It's not really, like, next man up, like in football, if that makes sense. And that has hurt them. But uh, they put together an impressive resume over the last uh, last five years. And then in my, in my last spot, I, I just don't think you can ignore – I think Alabama has been sneaky good at basketball over the last five years. And, you know, they've kind of built up – that even though there were maybe some guys who got some hype that they didn't deserve, I think Nate Oates has built a solid program. I think, uh, Chris, who was the last coach before Nate Oates? Was it Avery Johnson? Avery yeah. Johnson. Yeah, or was there another knucklehead in between? Well, it was okay. Avery. Okay. Uh, Avery Johnson before that, it was Anthony Grant. Okay, so recovering from the Avery Johnson years, I, I think is fairly impressive. And um, Alabama has gotten a pretty decent seed in the last couple tournaments that they've they've made and it has culminated i think uh, what which year was it they were awful at shooting the three uh was it last Anytime year time that we had uh like i mean like you, you said like they've recovered from the anthony or the avery johnson era recovering from the anthony grant era was was, that was, shit was like watching bama and football before saving got there because it was like same like you were in it always until like the last five minutes and you played really good defense and there's not a single other part of that team or that game that was like appealing at all it was right right you know so i think i think that those are your top four teams in the sec right now now a strong case can be made for tennessee i think they have a solid program uh right now um and you know it's uh, the, the sec is a better conference and basketball top to bottom than they have been traditionally, even though we've seen championships come out of the conference over the last 20 years with Kentucky and Florida. uh, You know, in 2019, Auburn probably had one of the most impressive runs we've seen in a tournament on their way to a final four and beating North Carolina, uh, Kansas Kansas. and uh, Kentucky and Kentucky. In, in back-to-back-to-back games. Crazy. And then when you follow that up and you start looking at these four teams that we're talking about, even though we have we all kind of are iffy about our fourth team, uh, when you start looking at draft picks that these teams have put in, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's, some impre- there's some impressive names between the schools that we listed on that list. So not only are these schools trending up, but the top recruits in the nation are consistently picking these schools to, to start their college careers. 
And I don't think that can be ignored either. So um, I think there's a little bit of a changing of the guard uh, happening. Now, if we're projecting forward, maybe Kentucky is trending down a little bit. I'll be interested to see if they can turn that around. They've been living a lot on the allure of what is Kentucky basketball, but everybody else catching up. And then Kentucky fans, man, they're eating their own. They're turning on Calipari. Chris, they're turning on Calipari uh, right now. Their best draft pick last year, Shane Sharp, didn't even play. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a far cry from the team with John Wall that literally their whole starting five went to the NBA. Right. That 80s team, too. Uh, it was Carl Anthony Towns. Was, was he on that team? Yeah, I uh, think he was. John Wall, I mean, it was a ridiculous team. I And they didn't even win a cha- I don't think they won a championship. They didn't even win at all. They lost the Memphis. No, that's not it. Wait. That was No, Memphis think, lost to Kansas. That's what it was. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think Tennessee uh or Kentucky won it all that year. And so, you know, it it was it seemed like they were this infallible powerhouse at basketball that it just doesn't matter. You know, I saw something today uh about about somebody had tweeted out that um Alabama has no coordinators, and I think it was I think it was Josh Pate. Yeah, the no coordinators in the number one recruiting class in the country. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's a little misleading tweet because they didn't have no coordinators when they landed the number one class in the country. You know, because of early signing day, uh, I think Bill O'Brien just took a job somewhere. Patriots. And, yeah, and a lot of Alabama fans are happy about that. <laughs> um, but uh, I. So I felt like I feel the same way about Kentucky. It's like almost no matter what, it's not about any one coach. It's about the coach, um, you know, and what he's built there and the aura around the program. So guys are always going to go there. Is that slipping a little bit? And, eh, you know, time will tell us. But, man, let me tell you something. The traditional luster has kind of fallen off that program, you know, at least for this year. So will they continue to trend down? Is something that we're going to take a look at on, you know, on future shows and future podcasts. Um, great discussion, guys. I I want to end this segment by talking about we've named our top four that are trending up now, right? Arkansas this year is a downtrend uh, based on all the things that we talked about: injuries to their top players uh, and you know win uh, their win loss record kind of bears that out. A lot of people still feel like they're in the running to make the tournament. I'm not so sure. Uh, but how do we see the rest of this season playing out in the SEC? I had tweeted out, um, guys, that I felt like it was going to be a tight run down the back half of the schedule in the SEC to see. Honestly, I'm not so sure about that anymore. Um, Alabama could run away with it. As far as I'm concerned, you know, Auburn has a tough road to hoe down this back half of this schedule. For them, we're going to see what kind of team they really are. You know, how do we see the rest of the regular season SEC playing out? Uh, and who comes out on top? Gonna I start with you, Memes. I want to start with Memes here because he's he's up to something. He's up to no good. Yeah, well, with the way with the way the standings are cooking right now, mm-hmm. I mean, it's I don't see how there's any any way you couldn't argue that this is a race between Alabama, Tennessee. Auburn and then maybe AM as a dark horse. And just to okay. let everybody know we're recording this before the Auburn AM game. So maybe that statement will be completely nullified <laughs> come time <laughs> for somebody. Come, right. Yeah. Come time. Uh, this is there. I mean, it's, it's hard. To, and I know Chris is sad because I've been saying some mean things about Alabama. And oh, I'm UCL shit by now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, They they are definitely like it's it's hard to say that that it, it, they are the it's team. Hard to be, for you they to are the fucking sentence right now, memes. Look at you. <laughs> I know. You can't even say it. He's trying to do research and talk at the same time. I well, I'm making sure I got. My, I was making sure I got my accurate uh, standings up here. Uh, you know, but there's always that slim chance Kentucky could make a comeback run. I don't really think so. Just judging how Alabama boat raced them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama still has three losses over Kentucky plus a head-to-head matchup. So I just don't see a world barring an injury, which obviously we're never going to be hoping or cheering for an injury that Alabama 
has three losses and that head to head with Kentucky ends up mattering. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really going to be between those three with just AM being a dark horse just because they have a one loss record. I, from what I saw, how they played against Kentucky, I think AM is going to fall off. Tennessee has got really, really good defense, probably the best defense in the country. Alabama is some of the best offense and shooting in the entire country as well. So it's unmovable object versus unstoppable force. And Auburn is just, I don't really, I think we still don't really know exactly what Auburn's identity is at this point, Mm -hmm. but they're finding ways to get better. So as we kind of sit here and look at it, I mean, if, if Auburn continues, I guess what we could say is Auburn is trending upward and we don't really know what they may look like if they continue at this rate when the dust settles. Yeah, I will say the front half of this schedule for Auburn was extremely easy and right. probably a blessing for them. The back half of the schedule is not. <laughs> it, it, yeah, and it's tough because we don't know what that Auburn team could look like because really they are the least tested of all these teams thus that's far. That's a fair statement, yeah. So that's, it, it, that's, that's why I kind of put Auburn in there in that limbo. Is like, all right, once they seem to have gotten this groove a little bit more figured out and they're ironing out the kinks, look to be better and better, and they're beating teams they should beat home and away by double digits and just passing the eye test and all the above, what's it going to look like when they actually play a hard, hard game? And we don't exactly know what that's going to look like yet. Because, I mean, really out of all these teams, the only teams that have played each other thus far, Alabama and Kentucky. Tennessee hadn't Tennessee hadn't gone up there and faced against Alabama yet. Auburn hasn't played either two of them before. So it's going to be between them. Obviously, SEC tournament, you have no clue what happens. But, I mean, just by looking at the record, I mean, there's just such a – out of those top three, four SEC teams, it's just a massive fall-off. I don't see any way where any of those teams can just claw out of this, like I said, barring some type of crazy injury, which, like I said, we don't hope for that. We don't talk about that. So – that's uh, that's kind of where we leave it, and we'll know probably after Auburn plays A and M, West Virginia, and then we'll see what see what it looks like here. This will be a much more clear conversation. So you're picking Alabama to to win the SEC regular title? Yeah, who comes out on top? Uh, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Tennessee solely just because I'm bugging. Okay, all right, fair enough. Out of, pure, out of pure hate and absolutely no logic, memes yep. picks Tennessee. Uh, Def- Brandon, defense, defense wins championships. Didn't Bear Bryant you know, say that? You know what their you know what their defense is ranked right now in, in Ken Palm. You want to take a guess what it is? <laughs> you talk about oh, Tennessee or Alabama? Tennessee. You, you cited Ken Palm, so this is already invalid. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> it's it's first in the country. You're right, and and Bama's like way far behind uh, at five in the okay. country. So. So I don't yeah, know how they've done that. Uh, also have the um, third toughest strength of schedule they've played so far. So all that stuff you're saying about Auburn not being tested and all, all I, I stopped listening at one point, just of all the the caveats that had to be in play for, for <laughs> Auburn to, for us to figure out, for us to finally figure out what Auburn is. Because we know what Bama is. Bama's a fraud. They're not that good. Nate Oates is, is, is a trash human being. Um <laughs> I do have one. I do have one compliment on Bama, Chris. Do you know the uh, the highest amount of points scored on him this season? Uh, it was definitely Gonzaga, right? It was like no, no, no. What the what the number was though? It was over sixty nine. I know that. It was sixty nine. No, that's yeah. not, that's not true because Gonzaga put up like that's a good number. A lot more than that. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I meant okay. I didn't count the losses. Yeah, I, I, I meant like in their wins. Yeah, not Gonzaga. Yeah, in the I guess the thing. Did UConn put up more than that too when they beat them? Probably, I would assume so. In the wins, in the win column, the most that Alabama has given up has been 69 points, which is... I was like, I watched that UConn game with you, and I don't remember... um, I mean, you celebrated it way more than I think any UConn fan or player did. So, (laughs) there's nothing like November basketball to really get you going. Um, No, I mean, like, I, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's like a lock that Bama's gonna just walk away or run away with the the... SEC regular season title because it's like one thing about the SEC that's it's so difficult is that the way they set up those schedules it's not even and fair and like just like one you don't play like not everyone plays the same teams mm-hmm. um you also like you know some of these you remember like last year I feel like y'all y'all's February was a nightmare like I mean it was ridiculously tough yeah, Arkansas yeah. and Tennessee both away that sucked right I mean Bama played them away too and they actually won against uh Tennessee so it's, I mean I understand it's tough for some teams but um anyway uh I, I think that there's like a lot of time left I think I, I don't think you could ever count out any Bruce Pearl coach team like 
from, I think, finishing in anywhere but the top, right? Like, I, like he's right. earned that respect. I think that, like, the team is obviously very talented as well. I just, I just am not going to, I don't have the energy or the, the flexibility to jump through all the hoops that, that you did. <laughs> um, I, I just think that Bama's clearly better than everyone else in, in like, not just in the SEC, but in the country right now. And I, I like the way they're playing right now, they are destroying teams. Mm-hmm. And you saw, I mean, you saw it against, you saw it against, uh, LSU, they came out and, and hit 14 threes in the first half. For sure. And and this I, they don't seem to do – like the one thing that is very different about this Bama team that I think that we've seen in the past is you just don't see like the the let the let up in like the second half. And you don't see like the – It's the opposite of that. They get better in the second half. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like they do. play with their food. They play with their food in the first half, and then it's just – I mean, that Arkansas game, Oh, Alabama is like they were tied with Arkansas, maybe up by a point in the second half. It was just they – Curb stomped and beat him up fifteen or sixteen. Or yeah, that was also on the road. Just a, just a heads up. Yeah, note um, the time. It's put up fifty one points in the second half alone in that game. Note the time. It's ten twenty two Eastern, uh, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. And Meme said something nice about Alabama that was also that? accurate. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta, yeah. Let everyone know that. For sure. Well, let's jump to you, man. Uh, top four, man. Like, who is who? You you named your top four. Who comes out on top this season? I, I mean, I think it's Bama and and Tennessee and Auburn. I think it. I think it does go down to like the actual end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, it's hard for me to think that those three teams are good. Like, I just am not going to sit who's here. Who's going to finish first? Who's going to win Kentucky. the regular season SEC? Yeah. You have to choose. It's okay, to book. it's okay to book on this one. Who's who's your champion though? Oh, Alabama. Alabama? Okay. Yeah. All right. I think that is a sound, logical pick. And now you <laughs> mentioned that, you know, they're killing people from the three. They get better in the second half. Uh, they play defense at a high level, which I think is the most compelling argument for why they'll finish on top. Just in case, you know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. feel like that, that's probably the most compelling thing about this team to me. Um, but, uh, you know, um, is, are you predicting, what do you, let me, let me ask you this question, particularly because you're picking Alabama. Uh, does Alabama sweep the regular season series with Auburn or do no. they split one-on-one? Those games at Auburn are a fucking nightmare. Every, like, <laughs> yeah. It's never close. It's I've, like, that's, that's, that's the that's only true, Alabama right? basketball game I've been to in years. It was at Auburn and it was a, I think it was after the 2017 Iron Bowl because they gave away that stupid trophy at halftime. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they sweep it. I, I think it's a very, very, um, like, I, like, I would not be surprised if, if it's split. I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn wins either. Um, that's a very, very competitive, competitive, uh, what do you call it, rivalry in general. And I think also, this is like where Auburn thrives, is like kind of laying in the weeds and just like sneaking up on you. Right. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you, uh, cover that game and sit next to me in the press box, <laughs> please. I would love just, to do that. Just, yeah, just come come to that one and just well, like, hold on, tell what your name. Um, we, that actually would be that would be good. We should do this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just cover that game. I'm going to be there uh, covering live. Uh, so I feel like you should be there covering live. And then the next pod, we're going to talk to each other about love what we saw. <laughs> uh, all right. So you know, Marler has Bama coming out on top here. Yeah, uh, you and Brandy still got to go. Don't y'all put the heat man, on me? Don't be. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go to Brandy here. Who's your SEC? Who comes out on the top of this newfound SEC that we just defined? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's very clear. Alabama is the best team in the conference right now. It's it's undeniable. They have the best player in the conference. That's a freshman. But the, the best, best team doesn't always win. Well, the best part about this sport is regression comes and it comes at you quick. So all those threes that Chris is talking about being drained by Alabama, one off night of a down night shooting percentage, and it's going to come at them quick. It happens. It happens to every team. It's happened to the greatest of teams in all of college basketball history. It's going to happen. So regression will happen. It just depends what games it happens in. If it happens against Auburn, if it happens against Tennessee, that leaves the door open for either of those teams to come in. I'm going with Tennessee. One of the things that the numbers don't tell you for Ken Palm on defense is yes, they are obviously an amazing defensive squad. Vescovi has not been healthy the entire season. He has not played every single game and that's their best defensive player on the floor. Mm-hmm. So their defense is good, but it's also good 
sometimes without their best defensive guy on the floor. So I think Tennessee hasn't reached anywhere near the ceiling that they have this season. And we're going to see them get pretty, pretty good down the stretch in regular mm-hmm. conference play. So I'm going with Tennessee first. I think Alabama finishes second. I think it's going to be a tiebreaker that chooses who's the winner of that though. And then I think, uh, I, I think Auburn or Kentucky will finish third um potentially i don't i don't know that's i think the third spot's really weird i don't know what this auburn team's made of still it's kind of hard to find out what our identity is when we've played such a weak conference schedule so far so yeah you guys are in control of that just so you know yeah for sure 100 they're in, i mean if you're in the top four you're in control of your own destiny right now mm-hmm. so um you know i think uh to kind of close this conversation anybody uh wait brandy did you have more or was was that no no that was it i think i think regression's just going to catch up to alabama so yeah I, who'd you say who'd you say wins the tournament or not the regular season the regular season i think it's tennessee i think tennessee hasn't hey, their right. ceiling yet and okay. we'll see that down the stretch and hopefully auburn's not on the bad side of that <laughs> right yeah because I mean, you know auburn plays that murderer's road that ended i mean auburn is one loss right now but a few bad stretches there you never know. And then obviously, too, what, what's it going to look like with Chris Moore's shoulder recovery? And there's just a lot of factors. Yeah. Uh, I I think all valid points by you guys. Listen, any any team with more than three losses, we're already counting out of this discussion about, you know, I don't think there are any dark horses here <laughs> that are going to sneak up. And, if, and, and maybe Kentucky, if they find, go on some crazy streak, right? could sneak up and, and, and get into like a tiebreak scenario where they win it. Uh, but I don't really see that happening right now, particularly with the way that Alabama's playing. I don't, I don't think they let Kentucky sneak from three losses on, you know, up on, on them with no losses right now in the sec. So, um, you know, Alabama would have to, you know, I mean, they would just have to really fall apart here at the end. Now I thought that Brandy brought up a good point. I have, Teams that live by the three really make me nervous uh, about how they'll finish because let me tell you something, you can go cold quick. Um, you know, and, and I know this is in college basketball, but when um, when the Cavaliers came back from 3-1 down to beat the Golden State Warriors, we saw one of the greatest shooting streaks, two-year shooting streaks in NBA history fall apart in the NBA Finals. And they, it was epic. And it allowed LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and those guys to come back and make history uh, in, in a pretty epic way to win an NBA title. Um, so, you know, even with uh, 2019 Auburn, they were passing up wide open layups to shoot threes. That's how good they were at the three. And in my mind, I kept thinking, this is going to end at some point, <laughs> right? They're going to go gold. At the worst time. Now, it never really happened. They were competitive to the end. And as we all know, Virginia double dribbled, right? Yeah. And that's the only reason we're not sitting here talking about, you know, it wasn't called. And that's the only reason we're not sitting here talking about an Auburn championship team that year. Uh, but Alabama, what makes me, I think Alabama's saving grace, you know, as Chris mentioned, is the defense. They're really good at defense as well, too. So if they go cold and you can limit your opponent, you always have a shot. Right. Don't let your opponent score a bunch of points and you always have a shot. So they would have to be really bad for on offense the way they're playing defense right now um, to lose when it matters. That's how I feel. Now, obviously, that can change in an instant. Right. Um, But I just I like Alabama to win the conference this year, the regular season conference title this year. I think they'll lose a game. In conference, uh, you know, which game it is. I think they make you lose a couple games, but the, you know, they've got one game on everybody else. And I think that everybody else is going to lose a couple games too. So, you know, Auburn, you know, I hate to beat this dead horse guys, but you know, this whole, you know, we don't know what Auburn is thing is valid, man. (laughs) Good luck with this team. I think they're trending the right direction right now. Um, As we're recording this earlier today, I attended the um, the uh, pre Texas A and M press conference, and I asked, you know, Janai Broom was there with uh, Johan, and I just asked, like, hey, it seems like him and Wendell Green are starting to get on the same page, and he talked about 
you know, man, like we spend a lot of time on, not only on the court, but off the court, just trying to de- develop that chemistry. I'm paraphrasing him, but, you know, in so many words, that's what he was getting at. Um, and we're seeing that manifest on the court right now in the way that they're catching throwing he, the windows, throwing up lobs and he's catching them. I think Wendell Green is kind of I think he's I think he's rounding into form. I think what we've seen the last three games from Wendell Green is a version of himself that Auburn needs to, you know, to to be to make a deep run in the tournament. We need to see a guy who's dishing the ball at a high level, you know, being aggressive, going to the uh, basket. And I don't think Auburn can go very far if Wendell Green isn't scoring. I just don't. I don't think there's enough offense on this team for him to not score and them win or beat anybody that's worth a damn. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a little bit of a caveat on that one, too. I think him scoring and also what he's doing with the assists. Is a part right. of that as well, because I mean he can because he can have a bad night just scoring, but he's making up from that from his free throws and even like he did last game with his assists. Mm-hmm. But if he's not getting the line on the freeze and he's not able to feed it to what's typically been Broom, it just yeah you're you're absolutely right on your synopsis. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean they need him. If if listen, if he plays like this, he makes when he plays like this, everybody around him is better. He makes that team better. And I I think again, if we if Auburn gets that version of Wendell Green, February eleventh is going to be epic, guys. That's gonna be one of the most epic games we've ever watched. No, it's gonna be the game. If Auburn keeps okay. it up, it's gonna be the game of the year. It's gonna be the game I, of the year. I mean, if we lose, I will deactivate from Twitter. I'm putting that out there now. So. The thing you should do is just not talk so much shit. I'm not even talking shit either. I've been very good about not saying we are going to win. I just say I want to win and that we need to, but I haven't made any statements that say we are going to because I okay. know how good this Alabama team is and I'm not willing to old get old takes exposed. So oh, they'll, they'll come after you even if you didn't if you didn't say anything. Yeah, you can like a life. joke that I said uh three years ago the oh, guy, like, I, remember this. Shit? I was like yeah i remember this i woke up i was like what the hell are these people talking about and it was like your was mentions were blowing up bro like you woke up Ready. like 500 mentions it was it was insane Brady. i also say just to make you feel better because i'm a good person like you don't know how bam was going to play in that game because you don't even, i mean how many fans are even going to show up at 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 coleman coliseum like for the game at Auburn, you know what I mean? Because that I fact mean, hey, you're not wrong. Hey, Nate Oates literally had to go on social media today and beg for a sellout for a number two team in the country earlier today. Right. So I, you're not right. I mean, you're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> One issue with the Alabama program that I, I do find interesting and the kind of zooming out the scope of the arms race of basketball is what seems to be as of right now the issue with getting that new arena built. I was going to go there. There was yeah. all this hype around it because obviously Bruce Pearl had a, is at a similar battle going on with trying to get the men's only practice facility built. And now he's saying, we got to table that we got an NIL, right. But that was one of the things that Bruce was having some, uh, some debates and deliberations with, with the uh, power brokers at Auburn was that. And obviously it seems that Alabama's kind of hit their own roadblock and kind of what you said, you know, playing 40 chess, you're zooming out NATO to future to Alabama. I wonder how much of that could be playing into, Hey, we were thinking we're getting these facilities. We got this and that. We have a really good season. I got other teams calling me. I want a new arena. You know, like the, yeah, I, I wonder all how all much of that is a factor. That's like the number one thing on that. Like on that, I think that the reasons why he would leave. Like I don't, I don't know what what Greg Byrne could even be thinking about by not building the thing already. Yeah, for and sure. It, it's not like they don't have the money. That's the crazy part. It's like they've well, got Biden's America. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I guess they're spending too much money on eggs at the dining hall. Yeah, be, I mean, I have a question if, you know, he cares about the basketball program that much and the people with money, do they there? You have yeah. to wonder. Yeah. In charge of building the, um, the $100 million facility, for sure. It's completely ridiculous that we're even having this conversation about, you know, building facilities in a program that's got an athletic department that's got so much money flowing through it. And, you know, at some point, again, I just feel like the state of Alabama athletics in general is in such a healthy place that you should have top tier facilities Mm -hmm. for your three major sports. Right. Like you should 100 percent gymnastics, basketball and football. We should not be having any conversation uh, in Alabama or Auburn right now. I mean, you know, if you want to compete, you need state of the art facilities. You do. 
right? And so Bruce Pearl having, you know, I, I mean, I'm not buying that the money's not there with, you know, f- to, to build Bruce Pearl his practice facility. And get and give me a break. You know, they hired him. He built a slow monster, right? It wasn't instant success at Auburn when Bruce Pearl took over. There were a couple years where we were like, eh, was this guy worth the risk that we took, the PR hit that we took hiring him? And then he just kept making them a little better every year until 2019 happened. He took a bunch of three-star and two-star recruits and got to the final four with them. Man, right? I remember uh, I remember Bryce Brown's freshman year. <clears throat> his three-point shooting percentage was horrible. Awful. 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 I remember so watching it with my own eyes thinking, how is this guy on a D1 basketball team? Right. And then like looking out to 2019, just kind of yeah, speaking no. to the testament that is – Bruce well, Pearl. Yeah, where's Bryce Brown from again? He's got to be from Atlanta. That's where everybody. Stone Mountain, is. Georgia, y'all. Stone Mountain. <laughs> so Stone Mountain. Athletic legends are born. Yeah, every yeah. every Bruce Pearl player from Georgia. But I would say it's, it's funny. Brandy brought up the three point things. I tweeted this today, and uh, with a little bit of a pain point of the fact that De- Devin Cambridge is shooting almost like thirty, like eight percent from three this season at Arizona State, and he's twenty two percent last year with a lot of volume of threes and it's just like I said yeah. scratching my head I'm like what if he had shot that last season what if he'd even split that down the middle and yeah. just shot like 30% from three just how crazy. different this could have looked like yeah. it's just wild how guys like from one season to the next can just like the switch hits then all of a sudden they're just these lights just can shoot lights out I don't know well that seems to be something that happens under Bruce Pearl coach players at some point the light turns on and some guy figures it out now Here's the downside for Auburn. Now, you know, part of being a, a powerhouse program is that you got to replace your best player like every year. <laughs> your best player is not staying for more than one year in college basketball if he's if he is what you know people speculate him to be. Um, and I think that in the discussion about um, our top four kind of coming full circle here, uh, the better programs have been able to do that because. You know, it used to be that you could go straight to the NBA from high school. So we had a lot of players just skipping this step altogether. Um, uh, you know, the Kevin Garnett's, the LeBron James is, you know, I mean, at least we got one year out of Carmelo Anthony, right? Like, you know, there are a lot of good players that just never saw college basketball. Now you get one year and, you know, I asked Bruce Pearl in, in one of these interviews that we had about it, like, well, how tough is it having to re- replace your best player every single year? And if you're going to be a top four program, I think in any conference, you're going to have to deal with that because guys aren't staying. Can you imagine if Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith came back for another year? On yeah, that'd be really squad? cool. Yeah, I mean, it's we'll it, again. It, and, and have like a like, junior like a Sharif video. Cooper. Yeah, it's like a video game scenario that, you know, when you're on NBA 2K that you just forced to pan out. Like, I'm not not letting these guys go to the NBA after one year, even after I juiced all their stats and made super players. So well, let, me, let me tell you, let, let's run into that. We have we could have a COVID year, Isaac Okoro, a junior Sharif oh my Cooper, God. and then Jabbar. Sorry, too soon. Didn't mean to go there. But if you think about it, it it is painful. It's it is painful to it is painful to think and it but but if you're going to have a top program, it's something you have to deal with every year, right? Is Alabama going to be that team moving forward that again puts some guy in the top ten in the NBA draft and then is still somehow good the next year? I mean, Kentucky was doing it; they've been doing it for a while, which is why we give. Well, that's why we put them in there, right? In our traditional top 20 is because they've been doing that for a long time uh and not every program can stomach that on the football side you know there are programs that we know are just gonna they just they go through players like that guys have dynamic years and they're like out i'm going to get paid before i get hurt so basketball the, the attrition is i think it's a lot tougher because again when you talk about losing your best player and we've acknowledged in no sport does one guy mean more than in basketball, because you only I would argue the receiver position, uh, especially in the postseason in the college football playoff, is pretty. pretty that's, been, 
Yeah, as a Bama fan, I'm not, as a Bama fan, I'm shocked that you have that take. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see here moving forward what these teams can continue to do. Uh, you, uh, a Will Wadeless LSU, I think, removes them from the conversation. It seems mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure what direction that program is headed. Uh, outlook looks pretty bleak, which sucks for the SEC as a whole. Um, but they're not good. Uh, we'll see if Arkansas can rebound from what at the at this point seems to be you know trending toward a pretty disappointing season for them, uh, given that they made the Elite Eight last year. Uh, and then you have the Auburns and the Alabamas and the Tennessees that you know all signs point to either stability or an upward trend in terms of what they're doing and continuing to get the top talent and win at a high level. Uh, Guys, you're listening to the Auburn Express podcast where we have the top talent and we're trending up every Thursday. I want to thank our guest, Chris Marler. We're just going to call him Marler because this is a Mike Mack and Memes podcast and you got to have an M name to be a part of the party. Uh, You can find him at the College Football Uncensored podcast. Also, follow him at Twitter at Vern Funquist. That's a V-E-R-N-E, fun, and a quist, Q-U-I-S-T. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's always saying ridiculous things there. You can blast him for. We love Chris. Uh, my girl, Brandy Mack, my guy, Auburn Memes, joining me every Thursday to talk about everything college sports, usually college football. But today, we're talking basketball. Uh, next week, we'll probably be talking football again. Uh, we'll invite Chris back to talk about that as well. So, guys... I want to thank you guys for joining me. We're signing off. And as always, in your face, Chris, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 